0: Last but not least, we're gonna talk about the IT band. The IT band is a tendon, or you can view it as being a thickening of the fasciolata. It is not a structure that we can release. Hey everyone, my name is Etienne Asnaye and I am the exercise mechanic. The goal of this show is to highlight common laws and themes that unite us as human beings, and more importantly, to empower you to live your best life unhindered by pain. Alrighty, so today's guest is... Me, after the uh, after the first episode, interestingly, some close friends of mine and um, some individuals that I have yet to meet reached out to me expressing that they wanted to know a little bit more about who am I and what I'm about and my story, specifically as it pertains to um, personal training and what has really led to me getting to where I am today. And so I figured I would v- oblige and um share with you some of my stories so that we can get to know each other a little bit better. So, um, long, I will start with my name. So my name is Etienne Asselin. It's a very French name for a very English person. Um, I was born in Ottawa and I spent a good portion of my childhood in New Brunswick and then moved back to Ottawa, uh, when I was 10 years old and I've been in Ottawa ever since. Uh, I finished my high school here. Um, after high school, I went and I did my police foundations program at L'Estée Collegiale because I had no idea what I wanted to do with my Life. And thankfully, in that program, I realized that I did not want to be a police officer, but I had the pleasure um, while helping my friends prepare for the police testing in helping them prepare. So, um, because I had a little bit of a background in training, uh, I had started working out because I was small and weak and I wanted to play competitive basketball and I wanted to hold my ground more effectively. So, uh, my friends resourced me and I helped them train for police testing. And I loved it. I would say that was the first opportunity that was like, wow, this is really fun. I wonder if I could make money doing this because basically when you're, uh, where I was at any point, um, I only knew how to like, you know, do bench press and, and dumbbell curls and calf raises, which is what I thought I needed as a, as a basketball player. And, um, and I just put my friends through their paces, you know, made them vomit on the occasion. And it was like, yeah, this is awesome. This is super fun. And it was kind of masochistic, but, um, it is what it is, and uh, so I'm very thankful that uh, that I went into Police foundations because that ultimately is how I stumbled upon my I'm going to say my first love, which is fitness and training and guiding people through the through the journey. So uh, I dropped out of the Police Foundations program, and I then uh, reached out to CanFit Pro and got my personal training certification, and I applied to Good Life Fitness in Orleans. And uh, that's very much where my, where my journey started. I was hired by, uh, by a gentleman who's actually a really good friend of mine, and he actually helped me set up this podcast. His name's Luke Rowan. Um, he, uh, he has a company actually called podcast wagon. So if you're interested in learning more about how to set one up, um, or if you're looking to hire a very professional company to do all of the heavy lifting for you, he's your guy, he's awesome. And he took the complex topics of, you know, starting essentially a radio company um he made it very 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 simple so i'm very very grateful to luke for not only helping me start this project but for hiring me as a trainer when he was in that role and so i worked at good life and uh, initially you know i went in and i thought i knew everything um, i then took uh, took some courses i believe the first one that i did was a kettlebell course um, with uh, Kettlebell Training Academy was the name of the organization. I did some studies with the Czech Institute um, in their advanced program design program. And I also did their scientific core conditioning as well. Um, at about year two uh, was really when my career took off. And it took off because I went to a conference in Toronto, uh, which is called the um, the CanFit Pro conference and, uh, world expo. And so the, the Toronto camper pro conference is the biggest one in North America where ultimately there is a, uh, uh what's it called? There's, there's a conference. So where there's, there's, I'm going to say hundreds of speakers, but, but, um, uh, maybe not a hundred, but there's a lot, lots of really intelligent individuals, uh, who fly into Toronto to provide value to us, personal trainers. And there's also an expo where you can go and you can meet these people, shake their hand, and purchase products and 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 uh, um, um, you know different conference material. It could be clothes, shoes, etc. So, long story short, I I went to this conference initially year two. Um, and the timing was absolutely impeccable because I was at a point in my career where I thought I knew everything and yet I was starting to push up against limits. I had clients who were beginning to be unresponsive to what I was doing. So one instance that really stands out is there's this gentleman, we're going to call him H. And he, um, he was actually presenting with tight hamstrings and he really didn't like it. It was a big problem for him. And, um, uh, amongst other things, he hired me to help him with that because he was under the impression that that was a source of his pain. And, um, to make a long story short, I did with him what I had done with everyone else, right? Um, you stretch out the area and, Interestingly um he did not improve not in uh, not in the least uh we would have some results in the short term um but um his body was very much unresponsive <clears throat> and um so I was trying a whole bunch of things and you know we would stretch him during the session he would feel better in the short term um in terms of tightness uh but then the next day everything would just come back so Um, I stumbled my way forward into the CampFit Pro conference and I signed up for this course. I believe it was called um, tightness as is, you know, or instability at the core of tightness or something along those lines. I can't remember the exact name, but the one thing I do remember is that this course was given by Greg Roskopf. And so Greg Roskopf, for those that don't know him, he's the founder of, uh, of a certifica- uh, of a certification and a therapy entitled Muscle Activation Technique, so that that's MAT for short. So Muscle Activation Technique, founded by Greg Roskoff, and I go and I take this course. And the thing that he starts talking about, he starts talking about, as an industry, we only look or very. Uh, very often, we only look at maybe 50% of the equation when it comes to joint motion, meaning we look at the lengthening side. If a joint doesn't move, we tend to think we need to stretch the lengthening thing. But in reality, that's only that's at most 50% of the equation because there's the other side of the joint too, the approximating side that we need to take into account. And his therapy, the way that he views it is, and, and the method that they preach is that tightness happens in response to weakness, meaning tightness is secondary to weakness. Tightness is something that the body does. It's a strategy in response to a lack of internal stability. And, um, and I was like, whoa, that's interesting. I've never heard anyone talk about tightness, uh, in that fashion. And, and, uh, and furthermore, I mean the stretching wasn't working for client H that I was working with so I might as well try something else. So he had um, some very compelling compelling case studies. He had people come up and he unlocked their bodies in a, you know in a matter of minutes. And it was really interesting so I was like all right cool like I'm bought in this sounds really interesting. I've never heard of this before so I took their course. And so I registered for their Jumpstart program, uh, which was also in Toronto uh, a few months down the road. And I stumble into this room and I see this massive bodybuilder guy um, who, uh, unfortunately, I made the mistake of judging a book by his cover. And I was like, what's this bodybuilder going to teach me about rehab? Like, are you kidding me? Like, he looks like a meathead. What does he know? Little did I know that I was about to meet my first mentor who completely shook my world. Uh, His name was Peter Chiasson, and I I say was because unfortunately he passed away a few years ago in a motorcycle accident. Um, And it's such a shame because this man in the short period of time, I, I believe he passed away in his mid to low thirties, he shook the world more than most shake the world. And in, in their lifetime, um, all fitness professionals that I knew or that I know that have had the pleasure of meeting him or working with him, um, they could tell that there was something really special with this man. So Peter, we miss you. And, um, thank you for the impact you've had on my life. And, uh, so Peter was the, I would say, the the point man in this certification, this MAT Jumpstart program, and um, he started, you know, he started teaching, he started talking about how there's um, <clears throat> the the application of force or the application of a a therapeutic process is entirely subjective and case dependent. And that whether or not it's good or evil for a person depends on the person. And this is why we need to move away from knee-jerk protocols and we need to look towards client-defined therapeutic solutions. And I was like, holy shit, this makes a lot of sense, especially because I had this client who was being unresponsive. In addition to that, I also had the pleasure of meeting Eric Seifert. And Eric Seifert is still based out of the Toronto area. He's one of MAT's um, lead instructors in Canada, I believe. Um, And he runs a thriving practice uh, just outside of Toronto called Core Strength. So uh, if you're in the area and you want to learn more about MAT, Eric Seifert's the guy. And I will link to their website in the show notes as well. So, uh, so during this, this course with, um, uh, in particular where Peter was teaching, he started talking about axes and moment arms and started talking about lines of force and force angles and all these things. And I was like, what is happening? I thought I knew my stuff, right? I was two years in. And I forget what, what the expression is, but basically I had reached a point where I thought I knew everything and I had no idea what I didn't know. And some people call that Mount stupid, where like you acquire a little bit of knowledge and you think you understand the world. And, uh, so that's where I was at. And then Peter just completely in a matter of moments quite literally i remember back uh, he it, it felt like the room was spinning he completely destroyed my paradigm of what i believed was was true and um thankfully because of that because of that fundamental disruption that has led to this just thirst this like Obsession. This, this. I'm guess you know some people call it haunted. Where I'm just haunted to learn more about the human body and how we can empower people to um, get out of pain, in particular, to improve their performance, etc. So, so during that whole program, it became very clear that I needed to listen to his recommendations. And he said, if you're a personal trainer, you need to take RTS. Period. If you don't know what axes are, take RTS. You don't know what resistance is, take RTS. Moment arms, take RTS. So take RTS was the mantra that I got from that whole program. And I'm very, very, very thankful um, that he brought it to my attention. So if we fast forward about three or four years, um, I was at that point, I believe I was in an assistant assistant management role, or I was just about to be promoted into that role. And um, I had yet to take RTS because when I found out of Peter's passing, I was just devastated. And I was like, fuck this. I'm not taking the course with anyone other than him. Um, thankfully, my friend, and uh, she was a coworker at the time, Amanda Pagliotti, she was like, listen, dude, you love this guy. And clearly he has valuable knowledge and it's likely that there are other people like him. So give the organization a shot, which I did. And so I signed up for the RTS um, practical series. It was called the One Two Three program at the time. Did that in Toronto with Adrian Chu, who's an incredibly brilliant mind, uh, who also has a podcast uh, which delves more into the mysteries of the psyche of uh, of the human organism. And um, long story short, Adrian, um, standing upon some of the the knowledge that had been shared with me, uh, uh, thanks to Peter, he shook my world even further and gave it even a little bit of structure. You know, we talked about client defined solutions, not solely pertaining to mechanics, but also delivery and delivering a client defined experience. We talked about, you know, providing 3,600 seconds of undivided attention. And one of the key things that we discussed in this program, um, when it comes to the philosophy of being a fitness professional is moving beyond being just solely a rep counter. It's really, really common that trainers are almost like the fitness equivalent of tour guides, where it's like, over here, you'll find a chest press, and you're gonna sit down, you're gonna do 12 reps, great job, and then move over here, and here is your seated row. And we're going to do three sets of 12. Great job. And in contrast to actually coaching people from rep to rep and joint position to joint position and providing an experience that people fundamentally cannot get on their own. And it is through the RTS program that I was graced or very, that I'm very gracious that I um, uh, learned that perspective. So uh, if we jump forward a little bit, so three or so months later, I had just finished the one, two, three program. I spoke with Adrian and I was like, dude, this information's crazy. How do I learn more? And he's like, easy. Go to Oklahoma, do their mastery program. And so I was like, okay, done. And, um, I even spoke with Eric Seifert. I remember uh, I asked him the same question and he said, if you want to be great at therapy, you should do MAT. If you want to be the world's best trainer, you should do RTS. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I was done. No problem. So I went and I did the, I signed up for the RTS mastery program. Prior to that, I actually had to uh, resource my parents for funds because it was about a $10,000 commitment, um, not only for the program, but for flights and accommodation, et cetera. So I created this nice little spreadsheet And I made my pitch and they were like, yeah, of course, if you're passionate about it, we'll totally support you. And I was very lucky that when I was younger, they had put an educational fund aside for me. So I was able to leverage that and invest in my future. And so um we fast forward once again another six months to a year. I'm in Oklahoma. I'm doing the mastery program. I have the pleasure of working, uh being taught by pardon me, Tom Purvis, who is one of the most brilliant minds when it comes to exercise mechanics on the planet. Um he takes, I would say, the most um, a, a stance of critical thinking in the face of an industry that is just infatuated with sound bites and um, what we call belief camps. Meaning, powerlifters tend to have certain beliefs about what is right and wrong. Bodybuilders tend to have certain beliefs about right and wrong. Same thing with yoga and Pilates and you name it. There's branding and there's series. There's beliefs and there's there's um like a team mentality that comes along with our personal preference. And Tom is an advocate of, excuse my French, but fuck your personal preference. And it's not about you. It's about the client. We need to understand the components of exercise, IE anatomy and force application and certain concepts of neurology so that we can create something that is entirely client defined. And that is what the RTS mastery program has empowered me to do. Understanding force and, uh, application and mechanics better than the majority, um, solely because of the amount of time that I've invested into studying it, um, understanding biomechanics through a pragmatic view, uh, and understanding basic tenets of neurology, um, and ultimately how the human body functions and, um, blending those th- three silos, so to speak has been incredibly, incredibly powerful in my practice. So throughout the the RTSM uh, program, uh, once it was complete, Tom asked us who wanted to test out and my hand shot up first. I booked my exam uh, for, I believe, three or four months later. I went home. I studied like crazy, got some tutoring and um, went back, tested out, which was a one-day intensive one-on-one exam with Tom where I needed to teach his concepts to him and go over um, exercise analysis, et cetera. And, um, after my exam, he, I was terrified. I was like, holy crap Did I pass what's going on. He's not giving me any feedback. And then finally he just asked me when I, uh, he asked me how I wanted to launch RTS in Ottawa. That's how he asked me. And I was like, what? And he's like, well, I mean, you're going to be an instructor. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, that, I'm guessing I passed. And he's like, of course you passed. I was like, holy shit, man. You know, I'm over here just like dying and I'm so nervous. Um, and um, so in any case, I was, I was very grateful for the opportunity um, to to teach for the RTS program because it was an empowering program to say the least for me. And it was an honor to extend that to other fitness professionals. If I can play the role that Peter and Adrian and Eric played in my life, um, that's a, that's a, that's a good life. That's a life worth living. So, um, it was a fuck yes for me. And I said yes to that, uh, to that opportunity and launched the RTS program in Ottawa about a year or six months later. In addition to that, I had the pleasure of teaching in Toronto at the Adelaide club, which was the primary area where I took the RTS program, where I learned from Adrian. So it was a total honor to stand where he had stood and to teach a group of 15 to 20 personal trainers at a time about concepts that had fundamentally shook my world and uh, that had helped me help my clients better than I had with any other training protocol. During the RTS program, I also had the pleasure of meeting other fitness professionals. Um, a few being Michael Golden, who is still an RTS instructor in the UK. He has a company called Integra, and he's an incredible human being, not only an incredible teacher and instructor and therapist and personal trainer, but he's also just a remarkable human being. Jacques Henry Taylor, who has a company called Myotopia, and he specializes in neurology. I believe he has a background in neuroimmunology, I believe, um, He's a wizard and he's definitely an individual worth following. Um, and in addition to that, I also had the pleasure of meeting Joseph DeAntonis, And Joseph, um, who was also an instructor, he's based out of Pittsburgh, but he also hosts cadaver workshops, which very much intrigued me. And the reason why is that if you think of, as personal trainers within the fitness and health profession, we see our people on average two and a half or three times per week, we, and we, we manipulate the body, we manipulate joints, we manipulate how we are strategically, hopefully, applying force and movement to empower our clients, yet we never have the opportunity to look under the hood. Uh, as a mechanic would. And I thought that was a problem because I was like, I have no idea what a joint looks like. I have no idea what tissue feels like. I've never seen muscle beyond, you know, um, all I see is skin moving really. And um, so when I found out that Joseph was offering a cadaver workshop, uh, I made it a priority to take that. So uh, I believe it was about eight months or so down the road. I take the cadaver workshop offered by Joseph D'Antinus with two of my great friends, um, namely Jeff Brown and Lorenz, uh, from Toronto. We did a little road trip down to um, Pittsburgh and, uh, Joseph, um, as I kind of expected blew our minds when it came to not only the material that he was offer- uh, that he taught us, but to have the opportunity to put our hands on a specimen, and I wanted to, I want to make it very clear that this isn't a privilege uh, that I take for granted. Um, there, I it is absolutely impeccable. Uh, it, it, is, it is pardon me. It is imperative that we treat the specimens with utmost respect because these individuals have families, right? Um, and they are the moms, dads, um, sons, daughters, cousins of other humans, and it's absolutely. Absolutely imperative that we treat those specimens with the same respect that we would want people to extend to us when we pass away, or to you know to uh, extend the same respect um, that I would hope people would treat you know my love you know my loved ones and my family if they were to decide to donate their bodies to science. So this isn't a privilege uh, that that I I'm going to say that I that I take lightly. It's something I take very seriously. And man, that experience, uh, was just absolutely amazing. And, and, and seeing the resilience of the body and how strong our bones are and, and seeing structural variation was actually really interesting. Seeing the, the, the development of osteophytes, so bone growths around kneecaps and structural limits of ankles that would 100% influence, um, human function that stretching would not be able to improve because it was a joint limit, not a tissue limit. And uh, being able to see and feel that was incredibly empowering and got me to think that much more critically about the exercise experience. So, um, throughout the RTS program, we talk a lot about this model that Tom, uh, that Tom has taught me called the orchestration model. And the orchestration model is this general, uh, or this model that aims to explain, um, the, the, I'm guess the baseline reality of how the body creates movement and how the body creates pain. And what that is, is that your body receives information. It interprets it based off of past experience and what we're trying to do with it. And then your body creates outcomes. Your body creates motor solutions based off of Um, it's once again, it's past reality and what we're being, what we're asking the body to do with it. And we use the term motor solution purposefully because it is not accidental how the body moves. It is not haphazard. It is not random. It is calculated and it's estimated that it happens roughly 100 times per second that the body comes up with these new motor solutions to best navigate the world that's insanely fast and it's beyond conscious control. And so we need to acknowledge that the body is trying to keep us safe at every point and that this process is happening in real time. And if we want to change the outcomes, what we need to do is we need to change the inputs that are going into the body and we need to change its interpretation. And that is how you change an outcome. So, um, so that orchestration model got me to think a little bit more about neurology and, uh, at this, uh, if we fast forward again, another year or so, I was in a a management role of a training department in the West of Ottawa. And one of my trainers shout out to Mark Webster introduced me to Z health performance solutions, which is founded by Dr. Eric Cobb. And I'm actually going to be going to learn from him again in Las Vegas in a, in a few days. So by the time this comes out, I'll actually probably be in Vegas in court course, uh, getting my learn on very, very, um, th- graciously stepping into the role of the student, um, so that I can learn from people, um, who are absolute experts in their field. And so the Z health program is a program that looks at human movement through the lens of neurology and looking at, it, um, ultimately threat modulation and how certain things the body will like and certain things it will not. And depending on what the body likes and doesn't like, it influences tone in the body and it influences the experience of pain and it influences human performance. And that once we establish really strong feedback loops within the body, uh, that we can take the guesswork out of our program design and get our clients on the fast track of healing and health and high performance. And so that's really what the Z-Health program in my eyes is all about. I did their R-Phase program, which revolves largely around joint mobility drills and establishing control and, um, and giving the body lots of movement options. And so that's what their R-Phase is about. And I'm actually going back to do it again. So that's a little bit about, um, about my journey. Uh, another interesting fact about me, I have a dog, his name's Pico. He's super cute. He has high, uh, he's, he's high, he has hypothyroidism and he's on thyroid medication. Um, but he's the cutest thing ever. And I love him very, very, very much. Um, and so in addition, uh, in addition to that, what, uh, what I wanted to do is I did want to share just a few lessons that I've learned um, from cadaver workshops. I hope that, um, this has scratched the itch, so to speak, in terms of you guys wanting to learn a little bit more about me, but I wanted to share some information, um, that I've learned through my experiences of not only being the student in the cadaver workshops, but that I've also learned as being a facilitator for the cadaver workshops. So, um, for those that are interested, if you are looking to take a cadaver workshop, I do offer them two to three times a year out of the University of Ottawa. The perspective that the course is given is through this lens of um mechanics. It's not just looking at muscles and origins insertions, but we're at, we talk about mechanics and we talk about the mechanical realities of joints and tissue. And so, the one thing, I guess, point one that I learned in cadaver workshops is you can see and feel the interdependency of tissues. This idea that we can isolate fascia or tendon or muscle away from other things, I think, is completely crazy. Once you have the opportunity of looking under the hood and seeing how interwoven, literally, um, tissues are and fascias and fascia is, um, the idea that you can isolate it. Does not hold up to scrutiny. even you know, regardless of if we're talking about embalmed or not embalmed structures, the idea that you can only influence one type of tissue and not another is not logical in my opinion. and um, so that's, that's point number one. Point two is seeing how, seeing human function behind the names and the, uh, and just purely origins and insertions. So what's really common in cadaver labs is, um, these students will go in. commonly med students, they'll go in and they'll say, okay, well, look what, what muscle is this, this is the bicep. Okay. And move on. Um, but being able to see the, uh, see tissues and, and, you know, seeing their their attachments, but asking ourselves, okay, how does this influence human motion in particular outside of sagittal plane? We tend to, you know, we look at uh, what would be an example. We look at, uh, for example, like the bicep, if we're looking at long head uh, of, of the biceps group, um, you know, it has an ability to uh flex the shoulder has an ability to flex the elbow and it also has moment for uh for supination meaning turning your palm up towards the ceiling um if your elbows bent and um but interestingly your bicep has actually more roles than that um in fact if we were to simplify it all muscles do are pull they're just force generation um not organs but they all they do is they generate force um the how of, of the motions that they potentiate in the body is entirely context dependent. So, so although it's important to learn the roles of the musculature within sagittal plane, life happens outside of sagittal plane and outside, uh, and, and outside of what we call anatomical position. And we need to cultivate a functional understanding of what tissues do in real time. So if we look at something as simple as um sorry not the bicep but if we talk about like a, your anterior deltoid it's commonly seen as a muscle that does shoulder flexion meaning lifting the arm straight out in front of you but in reality if your arm is bent your anterior deltoid um uh if you're doing like an overhead press type of motion your 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 anterior deltoid does shoulder abduction right um but from that position your anterior deltoid can also do internal rotation and and once your palm is facing the floor it can also do adduction. So it does adduction, horizontal adduction, it does abduction. And depending on how internally rotated the shoulder is, it actually has an ability to externally rotate the shoulder. So it's not that muscles have necessarily um, set roles other than pulling, of course. Um, but um, having the opportunity to look and feel uh, the, the, the body, um, you know, if we're talking about cadavers and specimens here, we can really start to cultivate an understanding of how the body works underneath the skin outside of anatomical position. And as personal trainers and fitness professionals, we need to understand that because ultimately we deal with the body. And I think we have, um, uh, it is our duty to demand more from ourselves and to do better. Uh, in addition to that, another thing that stood out, um, was structural variations. So like I, I was alluding to earlier, one thing that was really fascinating is there's this one gentleman who, um, who was one of the specimens in, uh, in Pittsburgh, we, we had the, the opportunity to look at his ankle joint. And so everything essentially on the backside of the ankle was, was cut and we were just looking at what type of joint motions are available at the, um, at the ankle joint, at the tail joint. And this gentleman could achieve like maybe three or so degrees past vertical of his shin. Um, meaning if this guy was to try squatting, um, his squat would look very, very different in terms of forward knee travel than, than other people right? There, 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 are lots of other people who can shoot their knees many, many inches past their toes, um, with little effort. And, uh, this likely was not the case for, for this gentleman. And it was interesting because it wasn't necessarily a variation from one side of his body to another. Um, but, but that both ankles, when we looked at and we were pushing into the end ranges of those joints. Um, they were damn near identical. And so that's very fascinating because in the industry, You know, if someone has trouble squatting or lunging or whatever, we tend to stretch them and dorsiflexion, meaning our ability to bring our our knee past our toe is a common ability that as an industry we obsess over. And this person would not have improved very, very likely would not have improved because we'd be jamming joints together. Furthermore, it could actually make it worse because as joints are jammed together, especially if it's deemed as excessive, the body will lay down more calcium. It will lay down more bone. And it's very likely that that joint limit could actually worsen in time if we have a stubborn individual who's trying to push the ankle further than it actually can. And so this is why, once again, I think it's very important to have an opportunity to look under the hood and to cultivate an appreciation for the individuality of the people that we're working with and to move beyond the dogmatic approaches that sometimes we learn and that we inherit um, when we're in the early phases of um, uh, as being personal trainers. Last but not least, we're going to talk about the IT band. The IT band is a tendon, or you can view it as being a thickening of the fasciolata. It is not a structure that we can release. Um, it's still i don't know why this myth hasn't died yet, but within the running community, this idea that we need to release the IT band is absolutely ridiculous. The IT band is ultimately, you can view it as a resulting tendon between your tensor fasciae lata as well as the iliac fibers of your glute max. The reason why I'm saying that is that those two muscles pulling together creates a thickening of this band being the fascia lata on the outside of the thigh, and then it goes and it actually crosses the knee. So the thing that's interesting with that is that ultimately it serves like a tendon. You can only influence joint motions if tendons are taut. If a tendon is slackened and relaxed, the muscles will contract, but then the tendon would lengthen, and there'd be no change in joint position. So tendons are meant to transmit force into bone, and they are not to be released. And interestingly, when we look at even um, uh, you know like it, when we when we have the opportunity of working with cadavers, you can actually like like you can grab you can grab the IT band and pull on it a little bit. And that stuff is super strong. Even when you're pulling along the like the fiber direction of um of the that IT band along that fascia lata, uh um it does not lengthen. I'm sorry folks, but like your IT band isn't something that you can stretch. You can maybe apply force into it to influence tone, but you are not quote unquote releasing the IT band from a an isolated mechanical tension in it. That is not the truth in uh, as far as i've learned and there's some brilliant people that support me on that so i'm a little bit biased but it seems to be the truth so um we're gonna be calling it there so we went over three or four different takeaways from the cadaver workshops you now know a little bit about um about my journey uh uh, speaking of journey in the coming months, there's some really exciting things that are going to be happening. Uh, so in March, I am just getting the date here. Yes. So on March 29th, I'm going to be teaching at the CanFit Pro conference in Montreal in which we're going to be talking about um, essentially redefining pain um, for movement professionals and discussing how a movement practice can modulate tone and can modulate pain. And we can Im- decrease pain and improve performance with a strategic movement practice. This is literally all that I do with my, with my career. And I'm really excited that I have the opportunity to share that with the individuals in Montreal, uh, for those that show up to, uh, to the conference. And uh, so that's on a Sunday. In addition to that, in April, I'm going to be teaching in Ottawa at the Activate Conference, so I'm very excited. Thank you very much, Connie, for the opportunity to teach at Activate uh, alongside brilliant practitioners such as Stu McGill and Kevin Darby and, and, and many, many others, uh, in which I'm going to be teaching a similar topic revolving around redefining pain and how it can empower people out of pain and to improve their performance with a strategic movement practice. So uh, the date for that is Saturday, April 18th for the Activate Conference. So once again, for Camford Pro, we're looking at March 29th. And for the Activate Conference, we're looking at April 18th. So if you're interested in learning a little bit more about the perspectives that I've um, accumulated and that have been shared with me by my mentors, I would be happy to share that information with you um, at those two conferences, last but not least, uh, very excited to announce that at the end of March, I am going to be launching my, I'm going to say my flagship program entitled The Exercise Mechanic. Um, and the purpose of that program is to teach fitness health and movement professionals, the fundamental realities of how movement and pain is orchestrated by the body and how we can reconcile exercise mechanics and the neurological realities of the body to elicit neuromechanical adaptations and get people out of pain and improve their performance fast and to take the guesswork out of it by establishing strong feedback loops. Um, uh, I mean, you're going to have to take my, my, my word for this, but this shit works. And in the future, near future, I am going to be interviewing some of my clients to come on this show to talk about their journey and to, and to share with you the impact that the type of work that we're doing is having on their lives. So if you found that this was useful to you, please, if you could rate and review, that helps me in a big way. Ultimately, social proof is how we're going to get traction with this thing. And your help, your support, every single share goes a really long way. So if you could share a takeaway or two, something that you found that was interesting or valuable, share that on your social platforms. Once again, that helps me in a big way, and I will be ever grateful. If you'd like to learn more a little bit about me, you could follow me on Facebook and Instagram, and that'll also be linked in the show notes below. And on that note, everyone, I bid you adieu and have a great day. Live your best life and make an impact in the world. You're more powerful than you think. Talk to you soon. Bye for now.